You're listening to Fight Stories. Welcome to Fight Stories. I'm John Moses. Ooh, do we have a doozy for you today. We're in Kingston, Ontario, talking to Pierre Moore. This is a great episode. When I am telling people about Fight Stories, I tell them about the Pierre Moore-Kip Brennan street fight. I have told that fucking story so many times, I've probably told it more than Pierre has. That said... The audio in today's episode is uh, passable. We'll say passable. Uh, This is the second episode we recorded. We started in the Comfort Inn in a breakfast lounge, and uh, we were kicked out of there by the cleaning lady. Um, As tough as Pierre was, she did not give a fuck about his story. So we had to go to his house to finish it out. Guys like Pierre, guys like Rob Driscoll, they're regular dudes, man. They're not going to New York City to sit down in a studio with us, all okay? right? So so we got to get this stuff where we can get them. That said, we are constantly putting money into the podcast and improving our equipment. If you want to support, you can go to patreon.com slash fight stories. Everything we get right now is coming right back into the podcast. We're getting better equipment, producers, sound editors, and for travel. We want to go into the armpits of Canada and the United States to find the best, most unique, wildly entertaining, and funny fight stories there are. Hey, you got a fight story? We want to hear it. You know somebody with a great story? We want to hear it. Everybody's got a fight story. Here's Pierre Moores. Um, so listen, this is uh, fucking two comedians fucking around. Yeah. Oh, so, I, I, don't worry, you guys. I'm like, we're all easygoing guys. Yeah, I know. I, there's no filter. There's no boundary. You can say whatever you, you want. Know okay. I, mean? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, I'm not I felt get... comfortable with Rob. I felt comfortable with Rob. I, I, I tell you right now, I, I would give each one of you guys a free one. <laughs> If you hit me twice, I might get a little angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right? Yeah, if you come across a table and give me a smack, I'll say, don't do that again. Right? So feel free That's to say insulting. whatever. That's a little insulting. You're like, oh, give me a free one. I'm not too worried about you. I worry about everyone, but... Yeah. We're recording, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good, I think that's the intro. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Fight Stories. I'm John Moses. Tyler Morrison, and we're here with our guest, Pierre Moore. We're doing uh, a little series of uh, local legends. Local uh, legends in Kingston, Ontario. Yeah, one of the toughest uh, fight towns in Canada. We we love Kingston. I think we're going to be coming back. (laughs) I got a fun feeling that we're going to be coming back. Um, All right, so when you first walked in, I was excited because, you know, A... I was pumped up about the interview we just got on the heels of. And then B, like just when you walked in, I, I, I quickly sized you up and I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> and um, and then, but I, I think like in my excitement, because I was like, oh, are you Pierre? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, yes. And I kind of like fucking laughed with like a nervous energy, but you didn't like smile at me at all. You just, <laughs> you just gave me this icy stare. I don't even know if you knew that you were doing it, but I was like, fuck, you were just giving off an intensity, which is why I had to be like, listen, this is comedy, dude. Because I was like, you were all, and then you shook my hand and I was like, holy fuck, I feel like he's ready to go. He <laughs> looks like he just came from a fight <laughs> and didn't break a sweat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this is more what I was expecting. <laughs> um, okay, so you know, usually we, you know, we do a little pre-interview or whatever. Like, hey, like, you know, let's give us a little backstory. And I, I said, Pierre, so when did you start fighting? And he goes right away, and I laughed. And he goes, when I was nine months, and I laughed. And he goes, no, seriously. So let's just pick it up from there. Um, so my stepfather came into my life when I was nine months old, and he looked at me as more of an experiment than a stepson or a son. 
So his mission, he, he grew up a rough style of life, like in the pool. His, his mother and father owned a pool hall. So, you know, just sure. often they, that's how people dealt with stuff back to, back in the day. was uh-huh. scrapped it out. So yeah. he hung around a tough crowd. And he, he knew all kinds of bikers and stuff like that. So he wanted to turn me into a fighter. A like machine. A, basically a machine, a weapon. Yeah. So from, let's say, nine months to six, I went under very intense training that I was not... Uh, a volunteer of so or even aware of you just you're fucking you're aware of so you're like beyond a fucking child you're just like this is you don't even know that this isn't how everybody else is raised in order with the way he looked at it in order to be able to uh, apply pain to someone before you learn to apply it you should learn how to take it so they wanted to beat the pain out of me so to speak so i went i took intense beatings as, as a toddler and then this was disturbing it disturbed me growing up and I lashed out throughout my adolescence because I I, I figured I was a product of my environment sure this and you probably world, had a fucking hair trigger that, that this is the world I live in this is normal you know I didn't I didn't I was never around anyone I didn't know any any different till I eventually grew up and, and met people who lived a normal life and I was kind of thrown back by it so uh-huh. for the first five years of my life for the well the first year was I was a, an infant and that didn't happen for well they would they would hang me upside down they would stand in a circle and they would charlie horse me beat me and, and, and all the time all who's the they time. they would be my my father's brother and his friends is his drinking holy buddies, right? fuck. and they would get a kick at it and i would cry of course cry, and they would continue to beat me till i stopped crying because they would say the pain the crying doesn't make the pain go away and so and then once i started school they no longer could put bruises and lumps sure. on me without child services getting involved, right? So after that, after that intense physical beatings I took year after year, day after day, I, they enrolled me into karate. So I started taking karate. We, at this time, we lived in St. Thomas, Ontario, right by London, Ontario. Uh-huh. And I took karate from when I was six till I was 12. Which then we moved to Kingston, and I got in the box this whole time. Never allowed to back down from a fight. If I was ever a bully, I ever went to him and said, listen, this guy's always taking on me. He would smack me and say, there's no way that guy can hurt you more than I can. Uh-huh. So if you don't deal with him, you have to deal with me. So you In a very him. weird, sadistic way, I guess he cared about you? In well, like in, 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 in his own twisted way, yeah, right. he did. And right. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Like, there was a time in my life where I eventually lashed out and kicked him. You know, and he, he said I would never be able to fucking hurt him. And there was a point in my life where I did kick the shit out of him. Sure. You know what I mean? And I brought someone with me that would pull me off him because there was a lot of pent-up hatred towards him. But That's some poor I, thought. I wouldn't, I love the person I am. I uh-huh. wouldn't do anything for anybody. Uh-huh. And it's, it's weird because I've met people who've been fucking fed their whole life with a silver spoon and they've had everything handed to them and they've had every opportunity that the world has to offer them and they're the biggest piece of shit in the world. Yeah. I had every card stacked against me and I love who I am. I don't do anything for anybody at any time. Even people that... Don't even like me. I'm uh-huh. in a union with guys who stab me in the back every day. But if they were ever stranded or needed somebody and they called me, I would go and yeah. get up. And well, go. you showed up to do this. I think that's a, an example of uh, you know showing up for your buddies. And that's on fucking Ryan's strength. <laughs> you don't know us from anybody. <laughs> you already offers us a couple freebies. So, yeah, I, 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 I moved around a lot, like kind of like a gypsy. Mm-hmm. And then this whole time, I'm, I'm training to be, to be a fighter, right? Mm-hmm. I was in boxing. I was uh, first in Canada, first in Ontario, three years in a row. Like I, how old? you when this is going on 
young. I'm, uh, I started boxing when I was 12, so around 16, I'm going to the Canadians and going to the provincials and doing stuff like that. But then at that time, at 16, is when you used to party start. Of course, the drugs start. The girls. No, no, my parents were addicts. Uh-huh. Uh, they, their drug of choice was whatever you had. Sure. So. I, I didn't touch drugs till I was in my 20s, till I met a woman and then they did it. Like I, I was dead set against drugs. I hated drugs because they took away from my life. Like I would, my parents would be in self-induced comas. Uh-huh. You know, I'd have to take care of my siblings. They'd be passed out for days at a time. You know what I mean? They would get their welfare check and they'd be gone. And you know what I mean? Now I got to get food and feed my kids and make sure the rent's paid. So I would try and do all those things, right? Uh-huh. Tremendous amount of pressure on a fucking kid. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you grow up fast, right? Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it's numbing. Like it, it, it's weird. It's, like I've met people in my life that would probably cave my face in. There's been altercations that I've been in, but they didn't have the ability to hurt another individual. It takes a certain type of person to be able to punch someone in the face and and mean it to really want to put your hand through the back of your fucking head. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean? it takes a certain type. And I, I was I was a hard person. The way I would describe myself growing up is I'm the nicest person you'll ever meet in your life. To the like the nicest, but at the same time, there's an, an opposite. I'm the meanest, cruelest motherfucker you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Like, I would peel the skin off of someone's face and not even bat an eye mm-hmm. if I felt the crime fit the punishment. You know? mm-hmm. And then I did that. Like, I, I there's a, when I was 15 years old, I started chasing drug dealers away from the house and saying, No more, don't come back here. You come back here again, you're taking away from my brother. My sisters aren't eating because you're fucking a greedy cunt that wants to sell my parents' drugs because you know they're an easy mark. So I would chase them away, and then I remember the first time I was 17 years old, I stuck up for my stepfather. He was at downtown at a bar, and he had got jumped, and I went home just to change of clothes, to get a change of clothes, because I'm partying all the time, never never staying at home, because sure. I didn't like that home environment. I wanted to be away from there as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So I go home one Saturday morning to get a change of clothes, and I find out midday, my stepfather had just been jumped downtown at a dive bar called Nico's, just on Princess Street, just a run-down bar. And I go down to get him, and sure shit, he's there, but he points to the back of the bar and says, and that's one of the guys that jumped me. And I look, and it's just a long corridor where there's side tables, and it kind of opens up at the back, mm-hmm. where there's a pool table and the bar and benches and more tables. So I walk to the back of this bar, and at this time, fuck, I'm lucky if I'm 150 pounds. And I walk to this guy, and he's probably about 6'2", 6'3", 230 pounds, big, long beard, leather vest on, biker looking dude. Mm-hmm. I walk up to him, I look him in the eyes, and I say, did you hit my father? And he's, I come up, you know, I'm out here on, sure. you know what I mean, I'm head shorter than he's probably He's probably shocked that this fucking kid has the balls to even approach him. Me. Right. Because I'm just a kid, and a scrawny little kid, yeah. and I walk up to him, and I look him in the eye, he won't even look at me, he's looking above me at the back, at the men, because I came down with a biker, I came down with a person that was affiliated with Satan's Choice, Okay. was at the house that drove me down. So anyway, He's looking to see what's good. He feels more threatened by the people that are way up the front of the bar gotcha. than this kid standing in front of him. And I said to him, did you hit my father? And like I said, he won't even acknowledge me. So I take a step back and I clear my sinuses. And I say, all right, now I'm going to show you what it feels like to be hit. And I unload a flurry of punches on this guy. In under a minute, I probably hit this gentleman about 200 times. And I beat him all the way into the corner of the bar. <laughs> I have him unconscious. He slides down where he's onto a bench. He's uh-huh. unconscious, and I'm hooking him. Left hook, left hook, left hook, left hook. And he's sliding along the bench way bigger. And you're moving him. And I'm just, just feeding him. Finally, two girls come and grab me from each arm and say, you have to stop it, son. You're going to kill him. 
And as this, my adrenaline is going 90. That's why I love fighting so much because adrenaline was my drug. Uh, it was a natural high. Yep. The adrenaline you get before a fight, during a fight, and after a fight, you get that rush. You're, you're quicker, you're stronger, you're more alert, you feel almost superhuman. So now as they're pulling me out, my adrenaline's flowing, the guys in the bar, and I, I yell out, you bunch of fucking greasy cocksucking cowards. Anyone of you fuckers ever touch my father again, I'll come down here and I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> and I leave. And I feel on top of the world. I just stuck up for a guy who beat me my whole life yeah. and needed me. So at that point in time, I, I felt grown up. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I go out, I party. It was your bar mitzvah. Great, <laughs> I, had, I had a great night that night. Yeah. Great night. Yep. Go and party Sunday morning. I come home, get a change of clothes again, and sure as shit, there's that fucking affiliate with the bikers again. He's been waiting now this time two and a half hours hoping that I show up because my stepfather had just got jumped again. Down at me, goes down at the bar. Well, this time he's not there. There's a, a pool hall that was on the corner of uh, Princess and Clergy upstairs. It was uh, called the Rat Club. Uh-huh. And I, I, that's where he is. So just coincidentally, the guy's there at the house. He drives me down, tells me again. I'm like, no fucking way. You know, I remember a 17 year old kid. I said, this Yeah, this happen. is fucking too much for breakfast. So, <laughs> you never had breakfast yet. So they pick me up, they drive me down. We go up to, upstairs to this pool hall, which is above the works restaurant now. And uh, I grab my stepfather and buddy, we come back down, we go back to his Camaro and drive away. Well, it just so happens as we get onto Princess Street, one of the guys, uh, Joe, my father, he was one of the bigger drug dealers in the city at the time. He's passed away now. His name was Johnny Harpel, but he was a notorious drug dealer in the city. Gotcha. And my stepfather pointed at him and said, that's one of the guys that jumped me. Jesus fucking Christ, your fucking father is just and winding you up. So, oh yeah, they, 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 that, that was your go-to. So now I walk up to this guy and I say the same thing. You hit my father. Well, this, guy, this guy acknowledges me. You know what I mean? As soon as I say, did you hit my father? He takes a swing at me. He takes a swing. I duck underneath it. Boom. Put one on his jaw and he kind of staggers and he takes off running. Well, when he takes off running, I give chase after him. I catch him right in the middle of the intersection. I grab him by his left shoulder. I pull him back. And boom! I plant one right on his nose and fucking his nose busts wide open. Blood squirts all the way up my arm. He hits, <laughs> he, he, he hits the ground. I stop traffic. I look and there's a guy, a security guard, getting out of his car, saying, "What are you doing? I see Neville." I turn. I take off and I start walking towards my stepfather and his buddy, but they're on the sidewalk. As I'm walking towards them. They're yelling at me, get him, get him, get him. So I think he's gotten up and he's coming at me. So I cover up, I turn around, and there he is in the middle of the intersection doing a fucking chicken. Oh, well, now I panic, you know what I mean? And I take off running. So as I take off running, this is kind of classic because there's an older group of guys at this time. There's Corey Green, Mark Savage, Rod Easton. There was just a clique of people sure. that, that was an older clique than me, and they didn't really like me. So this one guy, Mark Savage, he thought, this was crying little dude, but he's beacon because he's a few years older saying he's going to kick my ass when he sees me. Wait, wait, wait. This is on the heels of you just knocking this, this guy out? This is on the heels, but this is – now I take off running. Okay. I just, oh, I, so he just sees just you running on a different no, street. No, no, no. As I take off running – I'm cutting through streets, back alleys, and I get towards by Skeleton Park uh -huh. on my way home because I live down by Regi. Right. Well, as I come, now I got blood all up my arm. I've been running my ass off, sprinting. I got snot bubbles, been foaming at the mouth, and I come up on the on a group of, of this group of guys. Okay. As I come up, I'm like, hey, you motherfucker. 
You looking for me? You want to scrap me? And they're just looking. You know what I mean? Whoa. You look like a ra- you look like a like you look like you have rabies in this fucking yeah. moment. No, 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 we got no problem. We got no problem with you. So anyway, literally, they know you're knocking out fucking grown men so, night after night. I uh, I said you better keep your mouth shut, and I carry on. By the time I get home. There had already been a carload of guys that were at my house threatening my mother, saying that I'm a dead man for knocking out this drug dealer. And then it just started from there. From you know, as my reputation, because I was like I said, I was just right. 19 year old. Well, that's what I was going to say. It yeah. sounds like you've already set off. Of, I wouldn't be surprised if the reason the guy took a swing at you immediately or swing at you immediately is because he heard that so and so's son yeah. was at the bar the night before fucking oh, straining yeah, some that, other the, guy out. The guy out. was affiliated now, he didn't help my situation any. Right. Because this guy that waited at the house, now he's telling all these people and his friends and so on and the people that are in that circle that I'm like a ninja. You don't want to fuck with this guy. So now these drug dealers are paying people. And there's a bounty on my head. You know what I mean? There's there's a lot of times I was in a situation that if I didn't win the fight, I'm probably not going to be here today or I'm right. not be the same person I am. Right, you know right, I mean? right, right. You're on disability. Yeah, I'm definitely disabled. So. <coughs> and needless to say, they eventually got me. I was actually downtown. At uh, what was it called? It was the before it was the palace, Muldoon's. It was Muldoon's nightclub, which later turned into the palace nightclub. But we're down there drinking underage, uh-huh. and we leave there. Fucking, this is all happening. You're still a kid. Okay, I'm with a few buddies. This is a few days later. I'm actually at a party, and everyone knows because I didn't hide. They're gonna get me. They're gonna. Get, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm kamikaze. But yeah. At this time of my life, the life I live, I don't expect them to see 25. Sure. You know what I mean? I, I I've come to terms with that, and I'm okay with that. But till 25. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to have as much fun as possible. Sure. And, and, you feel you know, invincible. Well, yeah, I feel invincible. Yeah, there's right. a few things in life that happened that had to make me, made me feel humane. I'm like, okay, you're not invincible. Slow down. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that took a long time. Yeah. I'm probably not yeah. in my, my 30s. Where that some of that's beating. Some of that's aging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? So uh, I'm at the bar. And while I leave a party, we go down to the bar. And someone made a call saying, Pierre just headed down to this bar. Well, anyway, long story short, I come out of the bar. I'm with a group of buddies. We're about to get into an altercation with a group from the West End. A bunch of preppy kids with a bunch of girls. My one buddy wants the girl. They start chirping, and we want to rip them apart, but they know we're a bunch of young thugs, and they don't want any part. Sure. Well, right then and there, all of a sudden, <laughs> like a bunch of carloads and trucks pull up, and a bunch of people jump out, and they got chains and bats, and all of a sudden, they yell, who the fuck's Pierre Moore? I'm like, oh, no. And as soon as I see that, I kind of just start tiptoeing away, and I go to run, and... People from the West End. They said, "That's him right there." Fucking cocksucker! Take his fucking ass! And I fucking take off. And I don't want to go back to Muldoon's, the bar I had just left. Well, as I get to the doors, the owners closing the door, locking it, and I grab the fucking double handles, the double doors, and shake it. Let me the fuck in! They're gonna fucking kill me! That's enough. Oh! It's smoke from behind, and they just start beating on me. Like I said, I'm about 150 pounds. These are all grown men, all drug dealers. Fucking bats, chains, and everything else. Just fucking hammering on me. And they beat me to the ground, and all I can think is I gotta get up. I gotta get off the ground. So I just curve up as much as possible, and I just push myself up because I don't want all them stomping on me and booting me. Uh huh. So this goes on for a little bit. Finally, my buddies try to intervene. It's whenever they come because they're such a big mob. Not all the mob can get to me. Only five, sure. six, seven guys can actually get to me before which is, which is they create a half moon <laughs> right. around me and I'm in this cubby. So then I've never seen this guy again. One of the biggest guys I've ever seen in my life. So I just hear him say, leave me alone. Get off of him. He just starts grabbing these guys, pulling them off me one at a time. And I kind of just look up and thankful, you know what I mean? And the things kind of die down. And uh, 
he, he was a taxi driver. He had to get in his taxi one foot at a time. Just a big fucking glue. man. Right. right? And I, which I was thankful. Everything happens for a reason. Fucking right. Well, lo and behold, I bump into a, kind of like the same group of guys again that I gave a hard time the day before. Now I'm all beat up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm beat up pretty good. And it's the same group that I seen when I said, well, now we're on the corner of Princess and Montreal Street. I just got killed. Oh, this is the group that, that saw you at Pullman and yeah, yeah. at the There's only three of them at this time. I think it's Corey Green, Rodney Easton. I can't remember who the other guy was. Well, now I approach down. They can see I'm beat up. I'm not right. the way I was a couple right, of days right, ago. Right, 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 right. Blood's in the water. So they kind of start chirping me and kind of come on to me. And I just put my arms up and I said, listen, you want to give her to me? You want to fill your boots? I yeah. said, you ain't doing nothing to me that just wasn't done two fucking minutes ago. I said, fucking have at her. But no, after you have at her, I will heal. And I will fucking hunt <laughs> each and every one of you cocksuckers fucking down. Yeah. Well, right as that happens, the cops roll up behind me around Montreal Street and they stop. And they say, what happened? And I said, listen. I said, I don't really know what happened. I left the bar. Good Next fucking hand, you know, boy, man. I get fucking, you know, I got suckered from behind. I don't have any idea what happened. They said, okay, well, do you want to go to the hospital? I said, no. They said, well, we're not leaving you here. We'll take you home. All right. Um... Uh, it's funny. I was in uh, I was in Wasega Beach, and I had a buddy who was boxing. His cousin was like owned a gym and was uh, was like some you know Canadian silver medalist or whatever. So I guess he thought that he was entitled. So he's shooting his mouth off at the bar, in way over our heads. We got thrown out of the bar. We're kids, not fucking a shredded pit bull like you. Um, but we're outside, and I end up. Another guy got kicked out of the bar at the same time, and. Um, the guy who got kicked out fucking helping us out is on the floor just getting pumped. And I walked over to one of the guys pumping him. And I was like, fuck, I got to go. I fucking popped him. And then I was fucking three or four guys were on me just pumping me. You know, like just fucking giving me windmills and pumping me. And then finally, <laughs> I fell against the fence and fell over the fence. And that like broke it up. But I was I was wearing tearaway pants at the time. <laughs> so I got, so they fucking took my pants, right? Somehow I got my pants back. And I'm walking down the street just face full of blood carrying my pants. <laughs> And some assholes with his date, and he goes, look at this fucking dickhead. He doesn't even have any pants. And I was like, listen, I still got enough to kick your fucking ass, pal. And that's when the ambulance pulled up. <laughs> oh, God. Um, that's fucking so – and this is all happening. You're 16, 17. You've just pumped fucking – this is all happening in a span of about a four or five – a yeah, week. Yeah, in a four week. Four or five days a week. That's correct. And, and then so – It's like a movie. Yeah, it really is. And then – Prior to this, how many fights do you think you've been in? Well, through that all the time in school. Like, I've been to eight public schools, four high schools. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that says it. <laughs> I, I fought constantly. I was right. always getting expelled. I was, I was rewarded for it. Like, I never got in trouble for fighting. If sure. I got expelled for kicking the shit of a kid at school, here's five. That was the only time any affection was shown towards me by the Fuck, what a crazy was, reward system. By the person I was craving affection from the most. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, it was lots. I, I, it, it, it's crazy. One day, my buddies and I were sitting down trying to think of how many people must hate me. And uh -huh. it was a rude awakening because, let's say, I kick the shit out of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tyler here no longer likes me. Yeah. You don't like me. He doesn't like me. Ryan doesn't like me. Your mom and dad, the closest <laughs> people that no, no longer like me. So I'm thinking, Wait, why did you say kick the shit out of me? Why can't you kick the shit out of Tyler? I don't, <laughs> pick, I don't pick on small guys. <laughs> 
that's so, it on I, I get you. I get you. It's like a ripple effect through a fucking family. And then, uh, you know? He's already picked the shit out of me. So realistically, I've assaulted anywhere from fifteen to two thousand, fifteen hundred to two thousand people. So when I'm thinking, there's this. That's thing. by the way, if you're doing the math, that's. Uh, Six and a half years of solid assaults. Every day. There is a period of my life where I assault someone every day. On Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it would be three people a day. Easy. 100%. From all the way down from Princess Street, Princess and Division, to the waterfront, yeah. on both sides of the street, every sidewalk square, I've been yeah. in a physical altercation. That is fucking like the hall, like the like the star. <laughs> like yeah, you got a star yeah. on every fucking patch it's of the, the, the sidewalk. Division Street, the Berry Street, where the hub is. Yeah, I was banned. People get banned from bar. I was banned from the hub. I was not allowed on that block. <laughs> yeah. on that part of the city, we're yeah. going to arrest you. You're not allowed there. Not charged with anything. This said you're banned from there. You're not allowed. There the cops said that. The cops said that. So it wasn't just like that. The bars banned no, you individually. The bars kicked me up. They wouldn't stop me. Right. <laughs> I got kicked into the hub Christmas Eve '99. Uh -huh. I left the job. I was. Like I was working there as a doorman eventually, and they put me on suspension for another story that had happened. <laughs> and I ended up getting an altercation, hurting someone pretty bad in the bar on Christmas Eve '99. I was leaving. One of the owners were walking in, and he seen me, and he pointed at me. He seen that one the guy I had just assaulted was being carried one person on each arm of him, dragging those <laughs> feet behind him. Noodle legs, him, noodle dra legs. Dragging him out of the bar. Yeah. And when an owner walked in, I'm coming up because they're kind of talking to me, and, they, and he put two and two together that I was the one who did it, and I was notorious for doing this, right? right. And at this time, he just had enough, and he pointed, my buddy's not, we spent a lot of money. They were there four nights a week. Right? Sure. And at the actual Putting their kids through college. So he said, I don't give a fuck how much money him and his buddy spend here he's gone for six months and i hated this guy I hated the way people with money because i came from nothing yeah the way they treated people and the way i looked at it money didn't define you right the person you were defined you so now i kind of lose it now you've got to figure he's got six to eight doormen on payroll right now three managers that are big boys that are probably yeah. ex-doormen yeah and i walk up to him i said you're gonna kick me out motherfucker and i grab him right by his throat and i slam him against his own fucking bar where the, the wicket where you pay to get in uh -huh. and i look him dead in the eyes i said what's your money doing for you now i cock my fist i look him dead in the eyes i said who's the fucking better man now cocksucker and as that the one fountain manager that's my buddy says pierre do you want to go to jail? And that was always a fucking trigger word. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to jail. Go. I kind of calmed down. <laughs> I look at that in the eyes. I said, fucking six months, but you might as well kick me out for life. I said, you ain't got anybody fucking here that's going to stop me from coming in. And I fucking carry on my way. And for the next year <laughs> Which or was so, true. They, I was <laughs> yeah, obviously, they would have stopped you right then and there. All the time, yeah. Now, how do you feel? You've got all your dormants that you pay yeah. to protect pet, uh, patrons. You know what I mean? Right. Well, the one person that fucking paid you to like work the door he's probably listening it's just fucking cheaper to fucking keep to employ this guy he's burning through our bouncers <laughs> your life sounds like a video game it's like <laughs> walking up princess street fought three guys there <laughs> choo, 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 choo. next level <laughs> you gotta get yeah. to the bar I, I, I can't tell you how many, I haven't jumped quite a few times of course because some people want you know you when you punch out yeah. 1500 to 2000 people some people want some retribution yeah, and come for a call for a guy. Sometimes there was a, a, a scenario. This is actually a funny story. It's getting off topic because I, I kind of wanted to go back to the altercation to how I got kicked out of the hub sure. for, for life. But I'm uh, I'm at my buddy. My, I'm at home one night. My buddy calls me up. He's dating this girl, and her sister's a, a model, and they're kind of new to Kingston. They're going to school here, and he asked me if I want to come over and have some drinks with them. 
So I say, absolutely, you know, I'm on my way. So I get over there, we're sitting down, there's the four of us, we're drinking and whatnot. Next thing you know, he says to me, him and his girlfriend, they're gonna take off downtown for a bit. Do I mind staying here keeping her sister company? She's gorgeous, broad. And yeah. I said, well, absolutely, not, not a problem. You know uh -huh. I mean? Thanks a lot. So long story short, they leave, we're upstairs in the in our bedroom and we're kind of having fun, whatnot, and the, the doorbell rings. Mm -hmm. And I look at the window, I'm like, it's you know, it's just a car. I said, don't worry about it. And she goes to get up and I kind of put her back down. So no, don't worry about it. Well, the next thing I know, she springs up, she's got her pants on, she's carting at the door. And I'm kind of sitting on the edge of the bed, kind of confused as what's going on here. I grew busy, we were having a good time watching. So I wait a few minutes and I'm like, no fucking way. So now I come down the stairs, she's on the couch, sucking face with some guy. And he just looked like it to be the little guy and another guy. And I'm like, you dirty girl. You like, uh -huh. there's a few choice words that are going through my head. I mean, <laughs> so I just walked them. to the, I, I looked at Buddy and all I splurred out is how's my dick case. I walked to the kitchen, <laughs> grabbed the phone off the wall and I dial a taxi. Uh -huh. Hang up the phone, wait outside for the taxi. Taxi shows up and I'm drunk because I've been drinking there for hours. I say, take me down to the Kokomo. So I wheel into the Kokomo. I barely even remember walking into the Kokomo. I'm annihilated. So I walk into the Kokomo, have some beers, and I don't know, there must have been some costume party, some little Mardi Gras that was going on. But as I leave Kokomo, right by the PG Hotel in Max Milk, I see this guy which is wearing a big frilly hat, and he's dressed like a three musketeer. And there's a bunch of girls around him, and he's frolicking and happy. And the girls are laughing and giggling. Well, I'm fucking player hating because I struck her with power. So I walk onto this motherfucker like heat seeking. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know where Pokemon was and where the PG hotel. It doesn't matter. It's about, I don't know, a thousand meters. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just lock on to him. I come walking up, walking up. <laughs> from fucking from a half a mile away. A half a mile away. <laughs> and I full momentum, one shot, and I he turns into a projectile. He flies into the air, his feet straight out, <laughs> he steps a fucking board, hits the ground, and there's a mob of people here. And I just start hopping and popping, and people are now panicked. They, they don't even know, like they, they think he's dead. You know, I'm like, ah, people are screaming. I'm looking at people, who wants some? Who wants some? Next thing you know, the trigger word. Somebody call the police. Well, when they said that, boom, I calm down. I right, you sober running. up. Well, as soon as I start running, I show fear. Well, the group now gains confidence, so people start giving chase, right? So I start running up Rock Street, and I cut down Wellington Street to an underground parking lot. I cut through there, and I hop, I get my back. So the elevator shaft, and I'm talking to Puck, I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm talking to myself, I'm like, well, for one, you know what I mean, you're being chased. For two, you're hiding. I'm like, hiding? Like, fuck this, I don't hide. So now I come right up from the elevator shaft, and kind of where the alley was. Well, the guys that were chasing me, they all don't run the same speed. So three, when there's one guy coming up, two guys behind him, I don't even see the other three coming up yet. Well, they come up, next thing I know, boom, I just start teeing off. Deesh, deesh, deesh. Start, two, start. two things. This reminds me of that scene in The Watchmen where the guy with no face goes to jail and they're like, finally, we got you. And he goes, you're in here with me. I was incarcerated for a little while. And then, and then the second thing is, why, when you said the Kokomo, you're telling this story and the whole time I've got the Beach Boys yeah. down <laughs> in Kokomo. This is about the Beach Boys. <laughs> the Beach Boys is right. This is about... So, Go, tell me, you're in the alley. Know, I'm just teeing off with these guys and well, now I got... <laughs> I don't know how it all happened so fast. Well, I got my hands planted, planted against the side of a concrete wall, uh -huh. and I'm being pelted from all over. You know? Right. And got me in a half circle again, just ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, okay, okay, enough, enough. Ding, 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 ding. I'm like, okay, okay, enough, enough. 
Now I tell myself, listen, you fucking idiot. They're not stopping. Right. You know what I mean? Take your hands off the fucking wall and, use and turn and hit one of these cocksuckers. So now I kind of rage. I said I fucking had enough. Boom. I push off the wall. I turn and grab the first guy. Bam. Drop him. Grab the next one. Bam. Bam. And then, you know what I mean? The other ones kind of fucking scurry away. So lo and behold, I deserve that. But I find that these guys are bragging about how they kicked my ass. Right. I mean? And everybody knows who you yeah, are at now. At this point in time, people know who I am. So... I find out what I had done. I wake up the next morning. I don't really remember anything. I wake up. It's like I fell off the couch six times, smashed my face off the coffee table each time. I'm black and blue. I don't really remember what happened. And fuck it. it starts coming to me in bits and pieces. So anyway, I hear the story. And I see the guys, which kind of fucking ironic. I see them all at the Kokomo one night. <laughs> and I go up to the bar. And I notice. I kind of sit back. I see them. I know they're kind of nervous. You can kind of take, yeah. feel the tension in the air. Because i got a lot of buddies. Oh, you know, shit. Being a tough guy, you hang out with tough guys. Exactly. You know what I mean? And you know, so you, you wouldn't want my group to come and fight your group. Because they'd just be a fucking, you know what I mean? It's a title. Right, 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 right. So, and which I never did that. I never played on that. So anyway, fucking, uh, I see what they're drinking. I buy them all around a beer. Right? And I see the guy that I fucking one shot. And he's fucking. A musketeer. A musketeer? He's a tiny little guy. He's five foot fuck all, maybe yeah. 125 pounds. And I feel like the biggest piece of shit in the world. You know what oh. I mean? Because I assaulted this guy for no reason whatsoever. Mm. And my own fucking hatred towards a fucking guy that's going to have a great night. You know, yeah. I, I, became, I became the guy that I despised, which I, yep. later in life I started sticking up for. You right. Know what I mean? Right. So I buy them all a drink and I walk up to them and I say, listen, guys, I want you to go right down. I have no animosity or no fucking grudge against any of you guys. But I'm going to tell you two things right now. I ever hear about any one of you motherfuckers bragging about how you fucking kicked my ass, you're going to get a knock at your door. Okay? <laughs> Number two, you ever jump a guy again because there's that mob mentality. Yeah. And they don't know when to let up. Once one yeah, guy keeps yeah, yeah, going, yeah. another guy keeps going, and they wouldn't yeah. stop. Had I not raged out, who knows how far sure. they would have taken it. You know what? If it wasn't a guy that was accustomed to getting His ass kicked or flogged since he was three, then, you know, maybe one of those guys is doing jail for the rest of their life. So many times I thought how lucky I was yeah, that people got up. I dropped some people. I feel like you were lucky. And I, I prayed. I mean, there's yeah. times where I'm in the back of the cop car, you know what I mean? Right, get up, motherfucker. Please get up. Get up. Right. I'm there for a long time. So, anyway, I say, someone, to, you, you do that. You guys did the right thing, but you took it too far. Here's where you went wrong. You know what I mean? And I shook the ham and bygones were bygones. How old are you when this is going on? Uh, at that time, just still a kid. Uh, kid. 18, yeah, 19. I don't think I worked at the hub yet. Yeah, yeah. You know. But I'm just, you know, you, you talked about just before, like being wise beyond your years, but even to have that maturity to be like hey i'm not mad at you it went a little too far you know here's a round of drinks don't ever say that shit about me again but there was like a there's a maturity in your mania is all i'm well, saying because it, it, it wasn't I, it would be unfair for me to, to unless i was going to fight this that then an air right on fair while i right. got my my wits about me like i yeah. was slobbering drunk when i did that and sure i would have done better had i of not course. been so intoxicated yeah at the time right so, well, also, like, there was a point where you were saying, like, you had just come off of knocking out this biker who was hitting on your dad, which is a whole another psychological bunch of baggage that would take a while to unpack. You just knocked out this drug dealer guy, and then you roll up on a, on a set of kids. Like, do you feel like, at what point are you like, I mean, like, and you're expressing it now about these guys, but it's like, I'm already knocking men out. It's mm -hmm. like, you're, you're not in my league anymore. 
Yeah, you know? but it wasn't. Like, there's was a few times where I, I, I didn't. I headhunted big guys. Like, yeah. Before I, I started sticking up for bullies and, and groups of people, yeah. I, I, there was a point where I stopped fighting people my own age altogether. Right. And then people my size, men my size, yeah. to where men that were, you know, colossal men, right. to, to now more than one guy. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, I, I would call on three, four, five guys at a time lots if I felt that they were looking for trouble. And I... I, I, I me, I, I love the heat of the battle. I didn't give a fuck win or lose. Uh-huh. As long as I get the bang, let's go. Let's do this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I wake up tomorrow, I'll fucking do it again. You know what I mean? Let's bang. Let's bang. Let's bang. That's what I, 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 like I was, you said, I, you're addicted to it. Yeah. It was my, it was my, I didn't, like I said, I didn't start doing drugs those in my 20. That was my drug. It was mm-hmm. just a natural high. Mm-hmm. To this day, like, even right now, telling about it, I relive it. I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah. I can you see know it. I mean? I could, you know what I mean? I just, I just, you yeah. know what I mean? Just, yeah. I was and in the, I was in the hotel last night, like, just in, like, thinking about this and stuff, and I was getting, like, fucking just psyched up. It, you know, it juices you up, man. I, I haven't insulted anyone in a long time, but what, what you said mm-hmm. about that movie, I ended up getting incarcerated <clears throat> for assaulting someone extremely bad. Uh-huh. That, he'll never, that person will never be the same for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. There's a few people that are now gimped up and they aren't going to be the same for the rest of their life. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that, but those, most of them are bad people. They, like they yeah. say, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. It's uh-huh. not like I'm going to fucking a varsity fucking football game or basketball game and banging oh, maybe. Them. Well, maybe you saved the hooker from getting raped. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if you did. Banging at a bunch of guppies that are trying to live a good life. You right, know? yep. I'm, I'm, I'm playing in shit. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell the story about telling the Collins Bay Okay. Okay. The Collins Bay story. So anyway, that's another time. My life's working pretty good at the time. I I, I split up with my ex, well, one of my exes, and she's up on. But prior to splitting up, uh, an affiliate, a guy who was affiliated with the Hell's Angels at the time, and then they had a, a, a stronghold, a house here that was all surveillance, and that's where they sold their drugs out of and did that sort of thing, right? Gotcha. Well, he's giving drugs to my girlfriend at while well, we're together and I give him a warning saying listen that don't fly you know what I mean at this time I've been going to after hours I've had altercations with every bike gang right uh-huh. from, right from yeah, 19 years old I've already had problems with the banditos and the rock machine uh-huh. you know what I mean I've, I've been surrounded by the outlaws my whole life because they were right down the street fucking from where I grew up on Adelaide Street, they had a clubhouse there, and that's where I played. That was my playground. It was right next door to a biker's clubhouse. Right, you know I mean? right, right. And then they also know about yeah. you. They and know then, who you yeah, are. Yeah, they know. And then the same choice. Been, so I, I, that is the life, those, the circle I was just, just sure. around. So. Sure. And and this guy probably thought, listen, I'm on, you well, know. This time, if you guys want, if you guys got a chance, he's best buddies with Carl Bursey. And at this time in his life, this guy thinks he's on top of the world. He's that's right. Super, that's it. Untouchable. He thinks, he, he thinks he's super biker. He's right. driving down the 401 on a high-speed chase with a fucking rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's books about this guy. There's in stories. You can look this guy up. Wow. He's legit. But he's saying, he, this guy's so fucking crazy that he's saying he's a member of the Hells Angels when he, the Hells Angels don't recognize him as a member of the Hells Angels because he's just too much of a loose fucking cannon. Right, you right. You know what I mean? And this, guy, this guy's his buddy. So he feels... No one can touch this guy, right? But I don't give a fuck. I, I mean, that's. <laughs> so, but I, I don't. I don't care. You know what I mean? If that's what you fucking yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong. you're not impressed with the resume. So anyway, long story short, we split up, and at this point in time, we've been split up for a little bit. And I'm at a bar with my buddies, and I'm dating another model. You know what I mean? A girl that's she's younger than my ex, prettier than my ex, has more money than my ex. <laughs> but I'm a, a man of principle. All right. You know what I mean? So I leave with Filthy McNasty's, 
I start walking towards the hub because we're going to go get a poutine or whatever after the party. <laughs> Poutines and, get so thrown in these awful <laughs> stories so <laughs> casually. Oh, I got some stories <laughs> at the poutine place. I got some serious jokes <laughs> at the poutine place. Holy fuck. It's the one thing that really makes it Canadian. Uh, don't guys, even get me started. Guys, wait yeah. one second. Like, there's a lot of background noise going on right now in mm-hmm. here. Like, should we maybe move to another location? Oh, if we can. So good, yeah. 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 I just don't want it to. Can we? I just don't want to be responsible. Uh, okay, so um, there was a, a, a brief interruption there. We were in the, the breakfast room at the Comfort Inn, and we got the bums rush out of there. So uh, Pierre was nice enough to let us come into his house. Uh, he's got a beautiful place. He's yeah. He is far past um, <laughs> the, the 19-year-old madman who was running around knocking guys out, or at least the house gives off that vibe. So he came in, and he's guys, hey, guys. You gotta use coasters. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's fucking making us use coasters now. But you know, once upon a time, he's running around loosening the guy's teeth. It's, it's their custom made table and chairs. <laughs> and he's like, I, I got a tattoo that says "Fearless." Mm-hmm. The only person I'm afraid of is my wife. <laughs> we all understand that one. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I don't know where we left off. Uh, it was uh, it was a whole lot of fun. But yeah, do you remember? What, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was touching base about what got me incarcerated to mm-hmm. begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I remember my ex and a person that sold uh, narcotics and had okay, a right. stronghold. That's for, right. The uh, like the, the biker guy, the biker was, guy, you know, act like a big deal. That's right. So, okay. uh, like they said, they have a stronghold. Their their house is all set up. There's surveillance and stuff inside. They got the screens in there. And, you know, and they just they handle the business. They're uh, like a branch of a biker gang, right? Right, right. So they're they're like a, what they call hang around. Someone that wants to be a patch member. And like I said, this guy Carl got it. You know, he was. Underneath, yeah, he was just on top of the world. Sure, sure. He, well, he could do whatever he wanted. So I warned him to stay away from what is my ex, was my ex at the time. Sure, because he was feeding her free narcotics, wanting to get in her pants. Right, right, right. And he was a few years older, so I warned him. So anyway, I'm leaving the bar, and at this this present time, I'm dating a gorgeous girl. She's you know, I'm gonna step up from my ex, uh-huh. um, person that's based on principle. So I'm leaving Filthies, heading towards the hub. So I'm going south. And I'm with two of my buddies, and I bump into an acquaintance of my ex. And I, I don't know what possessed me or what come over me, but I asked him, you know, where is she, what she's up to. And he was, this guy was pretty intimidated, and he didn't want to didn't want to lie to me. Yeah, so he, told he didn't want to set you off either. <laughs> he told me where she happened to be, and that she was with this guy that I asked to stay away from her. So anyway, it just happens to be around the corner from where I am, right from the hub. Uh-huh. And I... Like again, I kind of just something goes in my mind, like tunnel vision. Uh-huh. And I just start feeling there. And I asked my one buddy, he was like a, a ride or die kind of buddy. Yeah. I said, Are you coming with me? Well, he wasn't 100% positive about this that one. Buddy was feeding me the truth uh-huh. and about this one, right? So he kind of lagged back. Well, when he gets to the corner of the block, I'm already at midway down the block and I have arrived to the house and I can see the cameras and I'm looking up at them, you know, and you just boot the door in. Oh, so fuck. you kick the door I'm in the of door. the fucking biker club. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I kicked the door in, Jeez. my buddy had just gotten to the corner and he seen me kick the door in and he just panicked and he just took off. Oh so damn. I guess I, it was I, I, I guess it was died. I, I don't even acknowledge Both that, right? I don't right. I don't know this at this point in time because right. I've got tunnel vision. So as I kick in the door I come in and there's two guys there and one guy standing with a baseball bat and 
You know what I mean? He's stunned, and they're deer in the they're, they're in shock. Like, they, they've they've never, never seen. Would, they would never expect that. You know right, what I mean? Right. It's just kind of unheard of. So I just feline right towards him. I lock onto his eyes. I just walk right up. I said, "What the fuck are you gonna do with that?" And I grab the head of the bat and I yank it from him. And I say, "Where the fuck is Gord?" He said, "Gord's upstairs." So now I, I leave them. I turn, start walking up the stairs. Well, now that people upstairs, I hear a commotion. Well, this guy gets up and he starts coming to the top of the stairs. As I'm so walking, wait a second. Just the guys who you just fucking disarmed. What are they doing? Nothing. They're in, they don't know what to do. You know what I mean? They're deer in the headlights. They're, they're, they're just shot. Are they just like a, maybe they're assuming like we don't know who this guy is, but he must be important. So <laughs> once that happens, sure. I, everywhere. Place, but I, at this point in my life, everywhere I went, I act like every bar I walked into, everywhere I act like I own the joint. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. It's better to ask for forgiveness and permission. You know what I mean? Right. So I might just do what I wanted. So I start walking up the stairs. I realize I got you don't the strike bat. me as the type of person that asks for forgiveness. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realize I got the bat in my hand. And yeah, I don't need the bat, right? So right. I just throw the bat behind me. As I'm coming up the stairs, he comes to the top of the stairs, and as I'm coming up, he has an elevated advantage. Well, he tries to kick me Boot in the you. face, right? Well, yeah. When he boots. I reach out, I grab his foot, and I just pull him down, and I come on top where I pounce on him. And I beat this man within an inch of his life. I just throttle him where I beat him unconscious till I keep beating him conscious. While I, beating him in and out of consciousness. And he gets, he gets on his belly and he crawls on his hands and knees as quick as he can down the hall, scurries into the bedroom, across the bed, and he dives headfirst in a second-story window. Holy well, shit. I come, I chase after him. He goes at the window, and I'm kind of in disbelief because I'm intoxicated and I'm amped up. And you know what I mean? I, I snap out. You kind of just black out. So I'm kind of just standing there as I turn. So now I turn around, and lo and behold, there's fucking Buddy standing with the baseball bat again. And I just look at him. Are you fucking here? Are you kidding me? So I grab the bat again, and I give him a little bonk. <laughs> because I'm not there for him. He, he still doesn't know. He's got the bat. He's still not swinging on no, him. No, no, no. Now I just grab the bat in his hand. You know what I mean? Just bonk reach him. out with the bat. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even take it from him this right. time, right? So I just bonk him and I turn. And I, I, uh, fucking, I had bought my ex this fucking Pomeranian before we had split up. A little fucking yappy little dog for like 1200 bucks. Well, I fucking scoop up the dog. I said, I'm taking it with me. You know I mean? The dog's name is fucking Peanut. It's Peanut's coming right with me. I'm fucking at him. She's saying, no, no, you can't take penis or whatever. So now I can completely. Oh, so she was there. She was there. So I completely forget that fucking buddy do it the window. I come outside, I come downstairs, and she's calm. She's kind of talking to me. Well, when I come out the front door, she's saying, I just got to go. I walk out the front door of this place, and there this guy is lying on the front lawn, and he's kind of hobbled over, moaning and groaning, just gushing blood. And just like they said, the little voices on your shoulders, the good guy, the bad guy. Uh-huh. Well, now I give her back the dog. And I start beelining towards him again. And this guy's here saying, fucking finish him. Uh-huh, I mean, finish uh-huh. him. So now I'm walking over here and he's kind of on one knee, hobbled over. And I plan on punting him. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking. And just as I walk by, I hear a little voice in my head that just yells, screams out, don't, don't, no, 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 no. So I just just walked by him. You know what I mean? It was like within an instant. You know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah, yeah. happens in a fraction of a second. Thank God. A, so yeah, thank God. So I turn and well, when she sees him like that, they start screaming. People start screaming. It's a big commotion. Lights are flicking on in the neighborhood. People start coming out in the step. Well, I start getting amped up. Well, I'm yelling at these people. Fucking mind your own fucking business. Get back in your house. I know where you fucking live. You know what There's I mean? There's got to be somebody who's like, good. Those bikers are getting it, what they deserve. Yeah, well, like, so there were some people I knew around the corner. And when I walked by, they were out there. And they're like, don't say anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't get his attention. Because, no. I feel like, they're like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. 
So now, I'm thinking, I'm downtown, I live out here in the West End again, staying in a fucking with a buddy, staying in like a bachelor house, you know what I mean, just uh-huh. a frat house. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking never in a million years, never in a million fucking years are the police going to be called. Am I ever going to face any fucking legal... Right, right. Th- those aren't the ramifications yeah. you're expecting. No, you're well, expecting a carload of guys. Carload of guys, right. bunch of bikers. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I'm okay with that. You know right. what I mean? Because right. if anyone fucking uh, there's a just cause, he was warned, so I'm really to fight every single one of these motherfuckers to get my point across. You know, because he's in the wrong. Right. So by the time I get home, the police have already been at my house. So I'm like, no way, you gotta be fucking shitting me. So the next morning, I fucking call my lawyer, and he says he'll look into it. He's said, you're on speed dial. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I says, uh, well, I've never been, I've only, but prior to that, I'd only never been in trouble with the law once for assault. Okay. I've been pretty lucky. Like I said, like, the people I assaulted were shady people. Right, right, right. Characters. So, so I, most of them did it. You want to talk about, about yeah, not to get off topic, but I've had the police, narcs and police, pull me over between the age of 16 and 25 and ask me, do you know so-and-so? I'd say maybe. They say if you see him, cave his fucking face in. Wow. You know what I mean? Police, right. They, they, just, just, like I said, the, the circle I traveled with, they, they loved that I did it. They loved that they had a person, you know what I mean? It was just different. It's a way of life back then. Thank uh-huh. God cell phones weren't around because I'd uh-huh. been locked up for the rest fucking of my right. life. Right? Fucking right. So I find out that there was two people that made a complaint. I said, well, they can't show up. They can't. And so he called me back the next day and says, well, there's actually four witnesses that say it. And the police are, now there's a warrant for your arrest. They're going to be looking for you. And I said, all right, well, I'll turn myself in. So I'm still thinking, a little naive, that this is going to go away. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to show up in court. So I, I walk into the police shop. I get a nice suit and tie. And I fill and clean up. You know, walk into the cop shop and I say, here, you guys are looking for me. You know, here I am. They arrest me. They book me. They send me to a detention center. And there I sit. What is it? Why the suit and tie? Just because you know you're going to be released I know in that be, shit? In court. I, I know I'm going to go to court in that shit. Yeah, right? nice. So i got to go stand in front of a judge. I want to look respectable. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't have any in them tomorrow. Well, like I said, I travel in that circle. And a lot of people hate police. Oh, cops are pigs and this and that. People are people. So, anyway, fuck me, I wear the suit dress because I'm going to be respectable because that's their environment. I don't want the book to be thrown in. I don't want to be ignorant. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, I walk in. I'm, I'm not guilty. You know what I mean? I'm saying I'm not pleading guilty to this because they're not going to show up. So, I sit in the detention center for a while because I think there's a good possibility that this is going to just go away. Well, we come to the conclusion that it's not going to go away. And I decide, well, I'll plead guilty then. You know right. I mean, I did do it. I mean, let's just get it done and over with. I'm just flabbergasted on the floor. And some people are worried that if I go to, because I've never, I've only been in a detention center for a short stint before. Right. And I, as a youth offender, I got in trouble as well. You know what I mean? As for violence. And then everything was violence. That was my MO. So anyway, I come to the conclusion that that's where I'm going to go. Well, they're afraid for repercussions because there's all kinds of bikers in there. Of course. Of course. And, I said, and they got you where they want you. Not, not, no, I have them where I want them. <laughs> Back to what we were saying later, it's like they were in here with me. You have to realize that on on the street they have machine guns, and right? You know what I mean? They got guns, grenades, everything. Lots of resources. There's ways to sneak up or people, you know, or people, sniper rifles. Anyway, and there, what do they have? They have a couple of shanks. And not only that, there are hundreds or thousands strong there. And whatever in particular institution I may be in, at most, at most, they might be ten to a dozen, right. fifteen. You know what I mean? Which are all segregated different blocks. They usually split them up, or they keep them in one spot. So I, def- I I knew that that was my advantage. And not only that, now I go there, the society they live in, the code they live by, if they're going to stick up for a snitch, 
Right. That's against their, you know what I mean? They're contradicting themselves now. You know what I mean? So now I have a, a group of people that were on my side. And I, I talked to a lot of people that lived in that world before I went while I'm sitting in the detention center uh -huh. to get the gist of it. And it was funny because everything I said I wasn't going to do when I went there, like, well, I'm going to the penitentiary now. Okay, I'm going to mind my, put my blinders on, mind my own business, do my own time. I'm only there for a short period of time. There's people that live there for the rest of their life. They're right. going to be there forever. Right. Never getting out. I'm going to get out. So mind your own business. Don't don't get caught up in anything. Don't gamble. Don't do drugs. Don't. I did everything. I tried six kind of drugs I had never done in my life <laughs> when I was incarcerated. <laughs> yeah. I walked around with my shirt off. I worked out twice a day. I fucking everybody in the institution knew who I was, uh -huh. and it was it was it was kind of crazy. But I I joined. That time, I'm French Italian. Okay. And I joined the the Italian group as soon as I got there. They approached me, asked me my. You know what nationality I am. I told them, and that's the group I joined. And then I realized that you don't want to be part of the clique in there uh -huh. because let's say the four of us are part of the clique, but all our release dates are at a different time. And while we're us four, we're all big guys. We're working out. We're strong. Well, we start giving other groups a hard time. The next thing you know, you get caught with a shank in your cell, and they ship you off to J unit. You get out, and it's just him and I. And now there's a group of five that come after us. Right, and it's for something that the guy that's already yeah. out started. So then right. I said, no more clicks, and it was better for me to be friends with the the Mexicans and the whites and the blacks and the Italians and the, the, the natives because they all would have a dinner night. Right, and they get food, and I would just I would just interact with everyone. You know, uh -huh. and so. So when, when you told those Italian guys, like, listen, this isn't working out, or they just like, okay. Yeah, well, well, they started, it started getting smaller, right? Right. Was, like, like the group was from right, right, got right. shipped off, one guy got out, and it got smaller. And I'm just like, you know what, I'd just rather do my own thing and be friends with everybody. You know what I mean? I was right. not a social butterfly. I would just do whatever. And I was I was different. Like, I, there was things I did not do in there that I said I was, wasn't going to do. I didn't want to be – I was going to keep my hands myself. I was right. worried about turning – I got sentenced to eight years and four months, but it all ran consecutively. Wait, wait, wait. You got sentenced for eight years and four months? Yeah, for the... I got charged with a bunch of things. You know, ah, right? so, okay. But it all ran concurrent. So the most mm. I got was two years. I got uh, 28 months in total, or 30, 32 months or 28 months. So I ended up doing two years. So, okay. And I was worried about that escalating from me never being released. Right. right. So I, I, there were certain things I, I, I tried to do. So I didn't, that didn't happen. And I, I gave off a persona. You know what I mean? I'm a nice guy. Uh -huh. Is it worth it? Like I told those, the Hamilton guys, they come to myself. They have, a, whatever problem they have with me, it better be a big enough problem where one user prepared to die because I'm going to kill one of you. Guaranteed. Right. And I did get in a situation where we were playing bridge. And bridge and gambling is a serious business. And, and drug debts, stuff like that is very serious, right? Which was weird because I became a drug dealer in jail because I wanted to make money. I wanted to hustle and, and have everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like in my cell, I had a PlayStation 64, TV, stereo. <laughs> I went into a little Christ. store. It was like a miniature bachelor pad. Uh -huh. And I, like I said, there's some of the prison guards were very attractive and but like I said there's some people that think correctional officers there's no good they're bad it's taboo you can't talk to them right well that was their rule so that's not my rule so when a person pretty like uh, I don't know they're uh, that Akon song I see you wind and grind and up uh -huh. in that pool I know you see me looking at you and you already know I want to fuck you well as soon as I see her coming to do her walk I rip my shirt off do a couple push-ups crank that on and have a ton so right <laughs> I walk by myself I'm staring at her and say you already know I want to fuck you you know what I mean even prison guards can't help but get sexually harassed just you couldn't help it the guys would be like you can't do that and I would always say if you have a problem with anything, 
Here's myself. Take it up with me. Yeah, come come and talk to me. And it would never be the one person that didn't like it. It would always be a, you know, a mediator. Someone would say, you know what? Some of the guys are getting together and, uh -huh. and they really don't like you doing that. But we started it off about uh, <laughs> Kip Brennan. I was telling you about oh, yeah, wanted to talk. Former NHL enforcer, Kip Brennan, played for Los Angeles Kings. Um, I don't know if he played for maybe Anaheim. I'm not sure exactly where all he played. Oh, he, he played for, he was a goon for a few teams. I didn't really yeah. follow him because I, did, I, I thought so much of him. You were depressed. Yeah, he was I, also I, on Celebrity Rehab, but he was banging one of the chicks that was on that Celebrity Rehab and like caused her to relapse. Good guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's on Sports Science, so if you want to see something, he's with heavyweight champion Michael more the UFC former UFC heavyweight champion uh, Rampage Jackson uh -huh. and Kurt Brennan on sports science about punching who has the hardest punch the boxing glove the UFC glove or the hockey glove or they're dropping it right so right. he was a legit you yeah. know what I mean yeah so uh, like I said I'm downtown and I'm about to get a scrap I'm not about to, scrap. I'm about to break up a scrap that's uh -huh. a two on one because I didn't like seeing that well as I'm pulling one guy off the two on one I get suckered blindsided I turn, and it happens to be Kip Brennan. We start teeing off, and at this time, he has a lot of weight advantage on me. Okay. Well, it just so happens, hands, we get, I'm down. What do you walk around at about, anyway? Right, right now? now? I'd say about a buck Well, people were really disappointed when I, I got bigger, because when I was scrapping all the time, I was a pretty scrawny kid. I was wiry. I was, speed is power. You know uh -huh. what I mean? I learned that at the, 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 like, if I, you, 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 in the time it takes you to throw one, I'm going to hit you 10 times. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he's on top of me and the police end up coming up. It's right outside Burger King on Princess Street. And they Kip Brennan. Kip Brennan. Yeah. And they pull us apart. Well, at that point in time, he had the advantage. You know what I mean? And there's no quitting me. You know what uh -huh. I mean? I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop till I feel a vindication that I've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. So anyway, we get pulled apart. We go our separate ways. The police split us up. And I do a loop around the block or something, and I come back around, pizza, pizza. It just so <laughs> happens. I'm by myself, completely by myself, and his back is to me, and I hear him jabbing to his buddies about how he just kicked the piss out of me. You know what I mean? And I am half this man's size. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, okay. You know what I mean? I kind of come up behind him, and I just listen for a minute, and I give him a little tap on the shoulder. And he turns around and kind of you know, puzzled that, I'm the guy who's tripping yeah, yeah, standing yeah, behind him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I didn't come up and haymaker or sucker yeah. or try and do something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and after around. he gave you a sucker yeah, shot. Yeah, after he gave me a sucker shot. I thus, you know, I'm a man of principle. So I say to him, I say, are you talking about how you just kicked my ass? And he's kind of like, I said, well, why don't, instead of being downtown where someone's going to intervene and not let you know nature take its course, why don't we go somewhere just you and I and see who's fucking, you know what I mean, who's the better man is. And at that time, now he's in front of all his buddies, here's me, a smaller guy. I walk over, I grab a taxi door, and I open it up, and I say, are you coming? <laughs> and he doesn't know what to do. He says, hey, he gets in the back of the taxi. <laughs> <laughs> so I get in the back of the taxi, we close the door, we jibber back and forth, and we say, where do you want to go? And you know what I mean? We kind of decide, so I tell the taxi driver to go in an area where, <laughs> where, where I'm more comfortable. So we go to a park off of King's Court, where I'm living on King's Court at the time. Close to my backyard. Sure, why not? Exactly. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and we're jabbering the whole time what we're going to do. Like, Ted, I can't really imagine what the cabbie's thinking. This is... <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't imagine what he's thinking. I can't imagine what you're thinking. It's fucking so nuts. We get out of the cab, and we walk, in, we walk into the, the park and the big field. He steps back, we take our shit up, we look at each other, say, you ready? Yeah, he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, what? He said, 
I got kind of got done here. You got that big gold ring on. You mind taking the ring off? Not at all. Take the ring off, throw it in my pocket. I said, you ready to do this? Yes. And we go at each other. And we, it's a good tussle. We're back and forth, back and forth, rolling around the ground, rolling around the ground. And you know what I mean? We start to gas out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, we're not, no, there's no quit. We're, you know, he get the advantage, I get the advantage, boom. He on top of me and he's finally, you know, and he hit at the time. He's kind of just laying on me around the ground. We're still hitting each other. He's like, are you done? I said, are you done? He said, yeah, I'm done. I said, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm done too. So we get up and kind of shake each other's hand. And he look, I said, well, you want to go for a beer? He says, where? I said, well, my house is right there. I got a fridge full of beer. You want to go have some mock and pints? <laughs> he says, sure. We walk in my place. <laughs> we walk in the door, sit down on the couch. I go to the fridge, grab a pint, sit down, fucking no clank. Just two <laughs> motherfuckers. Wait, is he in the NHL while this is going yeah, down? Yeah, he's in the NHL. What a down. fucking maniac he is, too. So he was Dude, in, the, in the show at the time? He was in the, yeah, he was in the show at the time. So he agrees to go fight this fucking guy in a park. Oh, yeah, he's he, he an animal. He's an animal. He loves to scrap, too. He likes uh-huh. the man. Uh-huh. And then you guys I fight, and you like, want to go across the street for a beer? What a fucking story. That's a legendary story. That is a legendary <laughs> story. The police pulled up, and they, they've seen it. And they like I got a lot of props for that, because it couldn't believe that I had the audacity to do something like that. You know, right. I, mean, after, I didn't care. I, like I said, I would fight anyone. My motto was anyone, anywhere, anytime. Uh-huh. I like fucking, I like fighting more than fucking and I fuck all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to ask you, man, and this is just like a question. Um, did you ever have a, I don't think you ever had a problem getting chicks, but did you find that chicks just sort of fucking gravitated towards Some, you? So, chicks would gravitate towards me because that fucking, uh, the, the mystique, they would yeah. like it. I was a, here, I'll show you a picture of me that someone just posted. This is just funny, too. This was just posted the other day. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're a good-looking dude. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, you're no Brad Pitt, but, but uh, you're a good-looking guy. This is time. Well, I, I, I was the, yeah, it was, it was, no one would believe it, so. I thought you might have been Italian. I was saying to him. Yeah, I was, yeah, 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 yeah. I put a guess. I, 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 I want guess you guys to see this picture because you guys are going to be in disbelief. This is the guy that's crushing people. All right. Now, you should be able to tell which one I am. Oh, come on. Okay. That's the guy. That's the guy that's knocking out bikers, knocking out gangsters. Which one? This guy? Bikers. This guy right here. Wow. That's my buddy, that's me. Wow. At that time. Look that's at, how skinny you That's are. how skinny I was. Holy fighting shit. monsters. Fighting guys. Fucking men. Fighting guys bigger, our size. Bigger than us. Bigger than us. Unfucking believable. Never underestimate anybody. Yeah. Never you know underestimate anybody. I look back at pictures, and look, this is not, I'm not even. Okay, but I'm going to show you the caption in this now. In the I want, you, I want you to read this. This is someone just posted this picture. Okay. Now, if you go down here to a comment from a girl. <laughs> Didn't you just show me this? This is funny. Right. Okay, read Bonnie Armstrong right there. Just okay. Read so, by the way, he, in this picture, he looks like a fucking scrawny teenage kid. Like a fucking kid. Uh, okay, Bonnie Armstrong's comment. Haha, I remember one night the bouncer kicked Ange and I out for being too drunk, rightfully so. However, we were rowdy about leaving even after I woke Ange up from sleeping on the table at the Kokomo. <laughs> <laughs> We ran into Pierre at the corner. He made us go back with him and beat up like three bouncers. Jesus, what was wrong with us? 
That fucking kid beat up three bouncers. That kid beat up three bouncers. That kid's seeing here because she came up to me crying. That wasn't the story I got from them at that point in time. Sure. And that, that recollection, that image just triggered it. And I remember it like it was fucking yesterday. Uh-huh. See, I'm at Max Milk by the PG Hotel. Uh-huh. And now I'm heading the opposite direction. Before I'm heading to PG, now I'm heading back to Copeland. Well, she comes. She's hysterical. And all she can say is how this bouncer choked her out. Some, there's some girl getting an altercation. The bouncer thought it was her. Come up behind her, put her in a sleeper hole, picked her up and threw her at the bar. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, you don't do that to a girl. Of course. You know what I mean? Right. Especially a big dorm and picking up a 100-pound female. That's just right. not good, right? Mm-hmm. So I say to her, really? I said, well, let's go. So I said, take me back to, to Kokomo and you fucking point them out. You know what I mean? So, and there's steps to go up in their little cubby before you get in, right? There's a wicket you pay, you walk into the Kokomo. Uh-huh. There's about four or five steps that you walk up. So we get to the, the four or five steps, and there's the manager and three doormen standing right in that little cubby. And she, we go walk out, and I look at her, I say, which one was it? And she says, it was that guy right there. And I just come walking up the steps, and I say, hey, you fucking hit her butt. Boom, boom, boom. And I just start teeing off on you. He goes back into the other bouncer, drops to his knees, and boom, boom. I start teeing Teeing up. Well, the next bouncer grabs me. I turn it back in. Boom. Pop the other one. And I look at the manager and I say, fucking, you doorman should be all be fired. You know what I mean? They shouldn't be fired. Can we post that picture? Like, uh, at the, at, uh, you know, when we post the podcast? Just because, as in all, I, I, I am in of all the stories that you've told so far, the image of that fucking kid doing this is yeah. blowing my mind right it now. It blows my mind. When I go back and I think about the shit that I have done, yeah. when I, at that stage, yeah. it just, it's hard to comprehend. Like, right. so I don't believe it. If yeah. I didn't live it and actually do it, yeah. I wouldn't believe it. Right. And that's what you're talking about as far as picking up chicks. Yeah. The, the, the rumor would go around, my reputation would go around. So I'd go to a party or something, I would introduce myself and say, I'm Pierre Moore. And they would just look and they'd like, say, no, you're not. <laughs> he's, he's a monster. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, no, yeah, there's no, you're not. Right. So what do you mean? I'm not? There's no way you can be pure. There's no, there's no possible way. They right. Go, we're monsters. I, I, you want uh, a hilarious story? This is so. I'm, what I would do, like you asked me if I would pick fights, and I would say before I start sticking up for the less fortunate and looking after bullies. Right. For your Robin Hood. I, I would play possum. Right. And what I would do. Is I would in the front around the end of the hub, I would walk down the sidewalk like this. <laughs> and, this and I would pretend I'm fucking hammered. And I would get a fucking nudge. Boom, look at this fucking retard. Boom. Yeah. And I'd stand up and say, Who do you call a retard motherfucker? And, and they I'd must go, be like, What the fuck is go, happening? Well here? now I'm on the side of AJ's at the time and the yeah. stage bouncers see what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Right? And one is an enforcer for the for bikers, yeah. and the other one is a champion kickboxer. Uh-huh. Right, and so they come across the street, and they said, "Listen, we're on your shenanigans. You got to cut it down." I said, "What are you talking about?" They said, "Listen, you do it every all the time. This people don't want to come here because they know that you know what I mean. They got there's it's there's a rabid time. wolf so fucking picking off sheep." <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. I'm pretty arrogant, and I look at them, and they're monsters. Yeah, legit yeah. monsters. Yeah, yeah. fucking fucking. Don't you guys work at stages? We're at ages. Why don't you guys go back over across the street? And they said, we worked the whole hub. And as soon as they say that, I take a step back, clear my nostrils. I say, well, come on then, motherfuckers. And the kickboxer goes to come at me. Well, the enforcer gets a kick, kind of a kick. I can't believe the set of balls on me. Puts his arm out, stops him. At that point in time, he lets him go, I get throttled. Yeah. You know what I mean, these are trained killers. Yeah, right, 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 right. Because I'm in the wrong. There's uh-huh. a point in time where they're doing their job. I'm in the wrong. I'm just being a cocky little fucking punk. Right. Right? Well... 
A week later goes by, the enforcer bouncer is breaking up a fight between two monsters. One guy's about 6'6", 280. Uh -huh. The other guy's 6'4", about 320. Jesus Christ. So I come walking up. I see what's going on. This is right beside, right beside Baba's the poutine place. And I grab... <laughs> they're breaking up. The guy that's 6'4", 320 is the aggressor. He wants yeah. to fight the guy that's 6'6". Well, the guy that's 6'6", 280 is the non-aggressor. Well, I go up and say, listen, calm down, because Buddy's by himself. The doorman and the enforcer's trying to break him up. They're both kind of dwarf him, and he's a big dude. He was a power lifter. Uh -huh. So I got the fucking one guy. I come back. Well, he has this guy, and he's getting the story. Well, he comes over to get the other guy's story, and I turn, and I go to take the guy at 6'4", 320. And I go, and I grab him, and I say, hey, bud, he doesn't want to fight you. I said, look at you, bud. You're a monster. You're an animal. Well, the, it's, this is drawn in a big crowd now. Two big guys going to fight. At the end of the night, the bar, yeah. boom, there's fucking 100 people. Sure. And someone yells, hey, Pierre, what's going on? And I turn and look, and as soon as I turn and look, Boom, buddy suckers me. I turn and look back as soon as that happened. Well, now the enforcer jumps in between us, goes to put it back and look at me. He said, what are you doing? He said, what do you mean, what am I doing? I said, fuck, get out of my way. He says, what, you want to fight this guy? He said, he just hit me. I'm going to hit him back. And this guy's licking his lips like I'm a fucking drumstick. Oh, like fuck. he is going to run through me. And the doorman's like, you want to fight this guy? I said, fucking get out of the way. <laughs> he steps back. Buddy winds up like he's thrown a game. I come in, if you ever play the game Street Fighter, yeah. I come in and all you can. Oh, you boom, boom. I hit one uppercut. I knock him out. Cool. One shot. Then I grab his fucking right shoulder, his left shoulder, and I fucking pin him against the window, and I just start dropping all you can. Oh, you can. Oh, you can. Oh, you can. Oh, you can. I give him like 14 all you can to catch The last one, I drop down all the way to the ground. I come flying. Boom. I launch him. He goes flying about 20 feet, and I was so lucky because the big bike racks were fucking about four inches round, solid yeah, steel. Yeah. When he goes back, and his head just grazes it, and he out cold. Blood comes up, teeth are gone. Oh, I come oh, running up, and I'm going, I'm, this, this man should never, I'm, he is double my weight. I'm 160 tops, he's uh -huh. 320. He never fucking sucker me, never pick a problem, and that's why I hated big guys. Uh -huh. so I'm, gonna come, I'm going at him. I'm going to finish this motherfucker. Well, now the bouncer grabs me and says, no, no, no. He done. He done. Yeah, right, right, right. So I calm down. And he's like, man, Thank you're goodness. crazy. Yeah. He's like, I like you want to work for us? You want to come be a bouncer? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get there drunk and super pretentious. You just walk yeah, that, 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 that right. because Now right. I'm trying to make up for it because when I come to my senses, I sober up. I realize that he had saved me. So uh -huh. now I'm doing masala the next night, right? Uh -huh. A week later. So a week goes by. And I'm at stages, I'm up top, partying, had the time of my life. All of a sudden, the bouncers come up, and the manager, and they're like, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here now. I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, there's fucking, that guy's brother, the guy's name happened to be Addy Irwin. He said, out in the country, he's a big, dumb heck, right? So like, you got to get out of here. There, there's a bunch of big motherfuckers down here. They're looking for the guy that knocked out Addy's teeth and fucking pulverized him. And they're going to they're gonna hurt him. We gotta, you got to get out the back door. You got to go. Like, really, where are they? He's like, they're like, they point down over the rail. They say, just like, they're right there. I look, like, I got this. They're like, what? <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. This is classic. So I walk down the stairs. <laughs> I walk up to the group of guys, and there's four fucking monsters. Just as big as Addy, if not bigger. Right. I come up, and I said, fucking, hey, guys. They look at me, and they're like, what? <laughs> they can't believe it either. I said, uh, you guys looking for me? They said, why the fuck would we be looking for you? <laughs> 
are you not looking for the guy that knocked out Hattie's teeth? They said, yeah. I said, well, I'm that guy. Fucking funny, it's man. So good. That is really funny. Um, and also, I think a good moment, a good moment to um, to bring up. I overheard when um, when you were first walking, when you were first in there at the uh, at the Comfort Inn, that you're you've been sober for eleven years. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. That's um, what I mean. But being, I was telling him about being really be, uh, rehabilitation. There's no such thing. The, the judicial system in Canada, or yeah. I don't know too much about the states, but sure. it's, where it's, it's a big business. Right, right, right. You or I commit a crime, a lot of people get to eat. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that are employed to look after criminals. Uh -huh. If there's no crime, much there's a lot of states. people out of work. Sure, you know I mean? sure, a lot sure. Of, More than uh, the, the ta traffic taxes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Our roads and infrastructure that take a lot of our taxes. Well, what pays for all that? is criminals and the money they can get it's just an, another big business and it was demoralized i realized that was only a number uh -huh. when i was incarcerated it wasn't that i was locked up that made me want to be good it was that i had a daughter if anything bad happened to her, i was there i never forgive myself and you have to grow up like i said for a long time i i blamed my acting out as being a product of my environment it wasn't mm -hmm. my fault poor me poor me the way you were raised your That's stepfather right. so my whole life i blamed people why'd you hit that guy well he pissed me off he made me angry. You know what I mean? I was mad. He fucking did something that pissed me. And I, the first time I took the program, now I'm on, I'm on parole. If I don't complete this program, I have to go back to the institution. And I don't want to go back. And mm -hmm. I don't like what this uh, the facilitator is saying. It doesn't make sense. Because he's telling me no one can piss you off. No one can make you mad. No one can make you angry. I said, where the fuck do you live, bud? On the fucking moon? What are you right. talking about? I live right. in an environment. What life did you fucking yeah. have? So where you, yes, they can, people can make me mad. And so I, I, I snap. I lose it. try to calm me down. I say, no. Well, now they're going to kick me out of the course. And they tell me that after everyone leaves, they sit me down. They say, listen, you're dumb. You can't. You're a fucking loose cannon. We're worried that you're going to go off and you're going to hurt somebody in here. People come here to get better, not get worse. And you're, you're a lost cause right now, bud. Mm -hmm. I said, no, you can't kick me out. I'm sorry. You know, I mean, you have to give me another chance because I know as soon as they call my parole officer, they're sending me You're back, right, right. right? So I apologize. I said, I lost myself. I just don't understand the way you guys think. So I go to a couple more times. They say, they'll give me another chance. Well, I get in trouble with my union hall because I'm, like I said, I'm loose can the way I see things. And I decided to go to Winnipeg, Winnipeg and work. And I called my parole officer. I said, listen, can I do this course another time because I need to provide yeah, my family and I got to go to work and work is in Winnipeg, not here. Right. So she says, okay, I come back. I decide I got to take the course again. I say, well, I'm going to go into this with an open mind. And I remember the exact moment we're sitting down and he tells me. Same guy? Is it the same, same counselor? Same facilitator. And I, I'm, I'm open arms. And we end up having become really good friends. But he, what he says to me is why someone can't piss you off. The only person that can piss you off is you. Everything that happens in our life, we perceive it a certain way. So every, all the information, everything we look at it, we look at it, we see it, whatever we see or tell ourselves, you know what I mean? We tell ourselves a story, and that story is what gives us our emotion, right? So I was one-dimensional. I would look at something, I would see you doing something, it would anger me, and I wouldn't give it another thought. And what, an example of this is let's say you're driving down the street, and all of a sudden this guy cuts you off, 
There's kids on the sidewalk. You veer off. You almost go up on the sidewalk and smoke these kids. And that guy fucking you see that cuts you off, you're just enraged with him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're like, that motherfucker cocksucker. And you want to kill him because you just killed a couple little kids on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. But you didn't know that you just automatically assume that that guy's a piece of shit. He's not paying attention. He fucking cuts you off intentionally. Those are the things you tell yourself at that time. So instead, what really happened is while he's driving down the road, he gets a phone call. He answers the phone. And it's his daughter telling him that his his wife just died. Right. right. You know what I mean? His wife's telling him that his, his kid was just killed. Right. You know right, I mean? right. And for that brief moment, he just blacks out and doesn't realize what he's doing. He goes off the road. So you, I, what I realized is there was more than one way to look at it. I remember sure. the very first time I looked at something one way and it gave me a feeling. It gave me my emotion. Mm-hmm. I was able to stop myself, to come at it from a different perspective, and look at it again. And as soon as I did that, it gave me a different feeling. Mm-hmm. And when it did that, that was the first time I'd ever done that in my life. And mm. I couldn't believe it that my feeling had changed. And I was just like, wow, are you kidding me? And so, so everything that you see, there's 360 degrees. There's right. 300 impossible. Oh, Whatever they're going through, you don't yeah. know what they're, you, don't, you never know what that person is going, going through. If you can at least give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. Infinite the, possibilities. Yeah, there's an infinity possibilities. Yeah. That's right. So you never know. So, and then it was, I was, I just always react. Like, like I said, the minute you think someone's going to harm you, you should harm them first. So I thought, right. Land those three. Land those three. You've you, you, you got to be on top of it, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of understanding it. and then always blaming everyone. My wife hates it when I tell her that because she'd be like, you're pissing me off. And I'd be like, I can't piss you off. It's just the way you're looking at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> she hates it because that's yeah. where I go to. So right. you're pissing yourself off. I'm just being a dick. You know what I mean? But you're, you're telling yourself whatever that's making you mad. You're, right, right, right. You're right. in full control. And yes, I still get angry. I'm only human. I'm not perfect. You know what I mean? But I know now that when I get angry, it's me. You know what I mean? If I'm pissed off, it's me choosing to be pissed off. I don't have to be pissed off. Like I said, there was a part of my life where I hated people that walked around the world. They were always skipping and frolicking and happy and smiling. I'm like, how is this person happy all the Magicians. fucking time? <laughs> how are they happy? Do they not see the war? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, musket, the musketeer. But yeah. they don't understand there's war going on and people are getting raped and there's fucking preachers and priests that are, you know, that are pedophiles and there's so much tragedy in the world. Like 70% of the world's population is starving. How do they not see all this? It's not that they don't acknowledge it or see it it's just you have two things you can choose to see the bad and feel shitty right or you can choose to focus on the good and feel good right what yeah. wolf are you gonna feed yeah exactly what wolf are you gonna feed yeah and my 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 wife knows that it's there and i tell her all the time i rather have it and not need it right than need it and not have it right 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 that's why i don't drink because i know i'm in control mm-hmm. what was a saddening thing is i stuck up for a lot of people for the wrong reasons i stuck up for a lot of bad people and i fought a lot of people's battles that i shouldn't have and if there's anything i regret i regret doing that mm-hmm. you know what i mean because like they manipulated me right and that was what i realized is my whole life i wanted to be a strong and the best weapon i could be is physically all i thought was my body Mm-hmm. I mean, the best I can use my hands, my legs, my knees, my elbows, everything, the way I can use that is going to make me a dangerous person. When I was incarcerated, what made me realize what's going to make me a dangerous person is my mind. Mm-hmm. My body is just a tool my body, my mind allows me to use. And the better I can, can use my mind, the better I'm going to be able to use my body. What are you doing now to stay in shape? Because you look like you're, I, I, I like work, you're in pretty I, good shape. People ask me, I used to train people on the side, okay. you know I mean? but I don't have time. I work a lot. Okay. Like last year, I worked 56 days in a row, took three days off, went to work, work for 43 days. And wow, wow, wow. But I, I work hard, so like in my, if you love what you do, Sure. You never work a day in your life. I got right? you. So I go to work and I it's my, my I play. 
and I work out and I hang out with a couple of cool dudes. You know what I mean? Sure, right. there's some pieces of shit there, but that's of course and everywhere. Right? Of course, of course. But I, it, as long as I can focus at that work, that I'm hanging out with some good guys, playing, getting paid a good wage to have fun, I have a great day. But when I work, because I work on a job that's funded by the government and it's people are taking advantage of it, milking it and our taxes are going up and it's people are yeah, Once you start getting stuck in that yeah, fucking I, that I start hamster wheel. You know right, I mean? right. That's what I choose to look at. It's so funny and I'm sure none of these guys or a lot of these guys like don't realize like when you're like fuck you buddy they're like ah oh, fuck well, you like they don't know what they're getting into. I'm in the union and I would travel from job to job right so uh -huh. it would be funny when I would know the moment it had gotten around, right? Yeah. So my first day on the job, there's all kinds of different trades, and there's guys that they're construction workers. Sure. Right? And they're a bunch of hard asses, they're hunters, and this and that. And, you know, they're alpha males, right? Yeah. Yep. So they're sizing me up and down, they kind of give me the cold shoulder, and wait. Well, well, in a couple of weeks, that guy that's like, hey, I can walk around, and say, hey, Pierre, how you doing, buddy? What got into you? <laughs> <laughs> so I know, and I get a kick out of that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I play on it, sometimes I don't. Like I said, I'm not perfect. You know? when, how long, when was the last time you were in a fight? I haven't fought since I've been released. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, I, right like on. I said, and I told people that. I so that really was, that really wasn't awakening a moment for yeah. you, like when that anger That's management right. guy well, gave you that little lucky skew. That I never, that someone always got up. I know people that, you know what I mean? I'm one shot. I hit a guy one time, they never fought as much as I did. Yeah. And they hit that guy, he fell, hit the curb the wrong way, he just never got up again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't I want that couple, to happen. I, yeah, I know a couple guys like that. But I, I tell guys at work that I piss off, I say, if it's going to make you feel like a better person, you're going to be a better man, fucking smack me in the face how about it you know what i mean if that's what's good you know if that's what you got to do to feel good about yourself how about it but you only get one yeah, you get your <laughs> That's true. I've used that line a lot. I think we should end it on you only get one. Because you opened on it like you were like, I'll give you one. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I want to tell you guys come back. We'll touch up and remind me how I got into letting people kick me in the junk. Oh, God, we didn't even get to that. We are coming back for the junk, and we are coming back for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah. And, and the Kathleen Wynn sticker on the back yeah. of your car, I know. It's a middle finger. I voted liberal. I actually did volunteer work for Mark Garrickson. You know what okay. I mean? And fucking, I canvassed for him, had a big sign and stuff. So This guy has really made a fucking 180, man. Look at this beautiful fucking house he's living in. You know what I mean? Why yeah. I voted, canvassed, I volunteered. I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, so <laughs> you better not get reelected. <laughs> oh fuck, Pierre, man! Listen, Thanks so much. really great. Thank, Thank you so much for yeah. your time, man. I you know, we, it's the most precious we've been going on for fucking have, two right? hours. So we give, we never get back. That's it. So we, so I really appreciate no. it, man. And uh, it's, it's just been a great, uh, a great interview. And we would love to come back to Kingston. Yeah. King Trust me, it's some of that like nice, really legit stories for you. you guys, oh yeah, you guys will like how I got on to kicking me in the gym. Guys, thanks for listening to Fight Stories. We are having a great time making this podcast. We're getting some great guests, and the feedback has been awesome. If you want to support the show, you can do it in two ways. Way number one, money. We're on Patreon now, so check out Fight Stories. Anything we get, we're pumping right back into the podcast. We're trying to get bigger, better, and better. Secondly, continue to subscribe and share, and please rate the podcast on iTunes. This one is the one he wants to hear your fight story so well. You hear that, Ryan? We appreciate you. We're on Instagram, at Fight Stories Podcast, on Twitter, at Fight Stories Pod, and on Facebook, just plug in Fight Stories. Our ugly mugs are going to pop up. Support the fights. Fuck the arts. My dad needs some money.